Why, hello, everyone. Oh, hi, Nathan. Hello. Happy 2023, everyone. Hey. hey. Only, only going up from here. And I know that this episode will come out well into 2023. <laughs> I was going to say, this is going to come out in like February. Y- yes, indeed. <laughs> but this is this is more an example of how far in advance uh, sometimes some of our recordings are. But for us, it is 2023. Gosh darn it. And so I would like to ask, and I maybe I think I maybe did this last year as well. But what's what's everyone's characters New Year's resolutions? I don't want your dumb human flesh resolutions. What does your character want in whatever the fantasy equivalent of the year 2023 is? So both mine and Checkers. Wait, uh, wait. I just realized. Yes. You should you should use this as you introducing yourselves for the podcast. Is I yes. am Jonathan playing Checkers. Hi, everyone. And my resolution. <laughs> I'm Checkers playing Jonathan today. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And my both my New Year's resolution and Checkers' New Year's resolution is to eat more dumb things. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking this earlier because I, as a human being, was thinking about like using more fresh herbs and spices. And I, as Checkers, was thinking about how everything we've faced so far just like disappears into the ether and doesn't leave behind anything for checkers to eat afterwards. That's true. So I think for both of us, it's like, why don't we just eat more dumb things? And that sounds (laughs) great. It's really been the hell lobsters are the last. Yeah, right. Episode one, hell lobsters. Well, that's it. Now it's been like spooky spirits and like dumb bones. Counterpoint. Uh In my defense, Uh you could have easily gone cannibalistic and Mm. eaten some grung. Mm, yeah, mm. good point. So if we're, you know, if we're just I don't know throwing stones like, here. Well, you did eat really the weird No, it's not. But... I mean, I don't know if you did. I'm assuming Checkerson. <laughs> he tried. He tried and exploded on him. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm oh, not no, like no, the, the, the grung fruit. The grung that was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was slowly yeah. changing people. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, Guys, making is this them... a clip episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we didn't get we didn't get too far with that one. But uh, yeah, that's uh-huh. that's my New Year's resolution. Okay. Hey, remember the time? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Sophie. And I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana domain. And Val's New Year's resolution is a 53-page outline (laughs) describing the community calendar she's put together for the guild and all the events she's hosting. (laughs) So her resolution is really just a... Pull that off without a hitch. Wow. <laughs> Just very right. casually, while also Ooh. being a full-time she adventurer. Has, yeah. Val has signed us all up for GuildCon, and yeah. we will have a panel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this all started with Selv and Cass starting the community self-defense. That's so true. this is really... The morning yoga. Yeah, yeah this is the <laughs> extension of that. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Steve, and I am playing Selv Asterlin, the Dragonborn monk. Let's see. Selves New Year's resolutions. Um, meet more dragons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair yeah. enough. So uh, we're, I, I think we're 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 slowly moving in the right direction. The first dragon that he met met was already dead and was just a skull yep. in a in a plaza. 
the second dragon was alive, <laughs> uh, but on another plane of existence. Yep. So uh didn't really get to, to do much too much of an interaction. However, that is still better than the interaction he had with the dead dragon. Mm. Um, True. Mm-hmm. Moving up. Plaza. So we're, we're moving in the right direction. I think uh, as long as we kind of keep moving forward that way, um, that will be Selv's New Year's resolution. Excellent. I feel like there's a lot that has to go right in order for that to happen. Like one, <laughs> not dead. Two, on this plane. Like there's some things that have to align for Selv to meet a dragon. Well, but that's like just manifesting. Like we're just we're true. putting that yeah. out into the world. That's mm-hmm. true. And or, I didn't say they needed to be good resolutions. <laughs> just or, or uh, you know, uh, a dragon that is on this plane for longer uh, that Selv can then have a conversation with, mm-hmm. and then you know. Mm-hmm. Hi everyone, I'm David, and I play Caspian Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. And for some reason, the only thing that I can think of for Kaskrin's New Year's resolution is to climb a mountain. Ooh, and, okay. Yeah, well, like, because there's a bunch of cool mountains in Rixia. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we obviously haven't seen any of them yet. But, like, no? I want to go climb one. Yeah, and okay. Cool. I love that. Yeah. yeah. But, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, my goal is to kill you all. So, easy. <laughs> Great. And uh, all. all right, our, see y'all. Our characters, right? Mm. Don't tell me how to live. <laughs> Well, look at the time. Good. <laughs> and good news, everyone. Apropos of that New Year's resolution, boy, boy, have the four of your characters really got a wondrous treat ahead of you because, like, you have the opportunity to grovel at the feet of the Holy Promethean, the Shambling Saint, he who walks amongst us, this, the first saint of this new age. That's cool, right? Boy, the the lack of enthusiasm <laughs> around like, this table y- yeah. is I, helpable. I, I believe last time it was described as the uh undead shambling mound. Uh, yeah, I would say so, I would say not in a literal sense, but in like a physicality kind of vibe sense, mm-hmm. certainly. It is a several story high undead humanoid creature. Did we see the creature or we just saw the two riders? You saw the two riders and then the creature kind of crested the hill. Ah. Uh, and it was, uh, that was the end of the episode. Gotcha. <laughs> I have a very specific and very dumb idea for how I want <laughs> this encounter to go. Great. And unfortunately, groveling was not as part of that. Mm. So my uh, my disappointment <sighs> is immeasurable. David, I really got to sell you on the groveling option mm. is... 10 out of 10 cultists have all agreed <laughs> groveling is absolutely the move for 2023. I mean, we're keeping an open mind here, I guess. Yeah. It's the, the big question is, for Val's turning, do you automatically destroy skeletons yet? Not yet. <laughs> it's based off of CR. <laughs> oh, 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 let me right. tell you. Gotcha. Let me tell you, it's not going to be a CR one half right. skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm thinking back to when it was based off of creature type. No, nope. you know. oh, so yeah, it's a skeleton. It could be 800 feet tall, but it's still a skeleton. So therefore, you automatically destroy it. Technically, everyone has a skeleton inside them. So yeah, you that's can really true. Turn, turn. <laughs> but, it is, but it is not God. an undead skeleton. Could you at imagine the point that just a level seven cleric or whatever <laughs> just casting turning undead and making every living creature turned to jelly around yeah, within a 30 like, foot radius of them <laughs> turning your skeletons into dust yeah. you're like wow right. no, run away you. in the other direction just no. cry themselves out <laughs> alright we're not a horror podcast we can't keep, <laughs> can't keep going with this any dang way the four of you have been traveling through the wilderness of Rixia alongside the fortunate the undead centurion from the red city of Agmar you are finally only a couple days away from your first kind of main destination 
before you head onto the next portion of your journey to track down Lorana Moonglove, the strange sorceress. Hey everyone, we're almost there. The only thing that could possibly get in our way right now is a colossal, shambling skeleton that couldn't possibly just crest its head over the... We're never gonna... Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you guys are feeling good. Like Self said, wow, what could possibly... We faced down so much nonsense the last couple of days. We rediscovered objects of focus. We've learned... So We saw a friggin' dragon. Mm -hmm. We did all kinds of crazy stuff. There was an airship like three days ago. And that alone <laughs> was crazy. And yeah, these two writers, clad in black came up to you and really stressed how truly lucky the five of you were to be in the forthcoming presence and soon to be in potentially even the good favor of of a saint. What? A re saints that haven't been on Rixia in hundreds if not thousands of years. Wow. That's like th what an incredible opportunity this is. I wonder what this person might be. And I uh, I have a quick question. Just historically speaking, since the saints have yes. left, have there been people that have claimed that more saints have, have shown up? And, Absolutely. And, done, and in general, are they seen as like a little kind of, uh, you know, out there? This specific instance is a weird example, but throughout the centuries, there's always been some kook or cult or very powerful creature or being or whatever that have been like, I'm a saint. You should worship me and give me your money and mm -hmm. devotion. So it's not an uncommon thing. Um, okay. And you guys would know it, they always run somewhere between just a load of horseshit uh, <laughs> that is mm -hmm. essentially snake oil salesman all the way to very dangerous, unhinged individual and organization. And let's see what this is. Quick question. Absolutely. This is going to sound insensitive. Is there like a, a checklist like the Catholic Church has for sainthood? So, yes. Okay. Um, without going into detail. I believe not it. undead might be number one on there, but I'm, <laughs> I don't know. Is is that essentially everyone agrees that there just are no more saints. It's just kind of the like going logic is that, first of all, did you exist like a thousand years ago? That's one check. <laughs> but there were kind of a degree of, of like... Proving, but at the same time, a lot of people kind of retroactively became known as saints, and it kind of mm -hmm. became a little bit of a colloquialism of most people who were very powerful would identify themselves or be identified as a saint, gotcha. um, either willingly, after the fact, whatever. Okay. And especially by the end of kind of the era of saints, mm -hmm. like, you were or weren't a saint. Like, even people who were like, ah, I don't really care too much about that kind of structure were still like, yeah, but I am a saint, mm -hmm. you know? So, yes, generally speaking. Okay. Checkers is going to lean his head a little bit closer towards Val and just be like, hey, ah, Val, were all the saints this cool? <laughs> <laughs> the saints... We're way cooler. <laughs> uh, boy, that had some like not not literally because this is not foul, but had some real like uh, like oh my god, what's it called? Like youth group pastor vibes. <laughs> I was about to be like slide checkers, a saint. Like yeah, right, a little cool pamphlet. It's like you know who the coolest guy of all was, Jesus. 
And Checkers is just imagining, like, the past, a thousand years ago, just all these giant skeletons walking around <laughs> the earth. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Ooh, man, <laughs> it used to be way cooler around here. <laughs> so, in front of you, of course, are, again, these two black clad riders who are on big horses and seem to be in a degree of kind of robes and finery. But obviously, very quickly, your eye is caught to the horizon for cresting over a hill is a giant skeletal creature. First glance, you would say it would be at least 40 feet tall, maybe higher. It's kind of hunched. And the reason that it is hunched is twofold. One Around its neck is a kind of collar of some sort. Seems to be, you know, iron or something. And streaming down are dozens of ropes and chains being held by individuals also wearing black robes. Most of whom are also carrying what appear to be sensors for incense. Kind of those little pots where you Mm -hmm. see and they're just swinging them back and forth and smoke is kind of billowing up from them. And the other thing, which is making this large, again, mostly skeletal, uh, there are some unfortunate um, hunks of connected flesh attached, is that it is also pulling a large, not a cart, more like a kind of a large, flat, wooden base. Like a toboggan kind of thing? Kind of. Like a, like a moving platform? Yes, exactly. And like a uh, mobile stage. Yes, mobile stage is the perfect descriptor of it that has legitimately a small house on it. <laughs> and in front of this house is a large chair just sitting kind of at the edge of it where you can see one figure uh sitting as this large creature is dragging this platform and stage forward. I'm going to turn to the fortunate and um, just ask, is that one uh, tethered and or one of yours? Yeah, I don't know what that is. That's reassuring. <laughs> yeah. Good, good to know. Yeah. Or not know. And not just like you can know. see, the fortunate is just like craned back with all of its armor, just like clearly looking up at this huge creature. Val is racking her brain for... There's a lot of questions. Yeah, no, fair. I think first question would be, is there any way this is actually, this skeletal creature is actually a saint? She's not going to throw out that possibility. She's going to investigate it and explore it. Is there anything particular you're like trying to suss out? I think given the scene you described, she's wondering if the person seated behind the skeleton is responsible for animating it. Yeah. And is wondering, like, is the creature sentient and, like, self-aware and... I don't know how to say the self-responsible. Like, yeah, totally. Um, or is somebody controlling it? Yeah, totally. I'll let you roll an insight check hey. <laughs> on the skeleton. <laughs> yeah, all right. Hey. 19. 
this appears to you, just from quick glance, it's pretty far away, so you can't really hear anything or really tell if there's, like, commands being given or anything like that. But it definitely, you definitely get the impression that this is not a wholly conscious creature. Gotcha. Um, it is, shambling is an apt word for it. Okay. Haskren is going to just, like, undo his side dagger and raise it up in a similar gesture of, like, we mean you no harm, and shouts across the hill at them, Hello, emissaries of the Shambling Mound. We are of the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild, and we come in peace. The two riders kind of look down at you and nod approvingly. Yes, yes, we are in need of assistance. Will you help our glorious saint and the holy escort continue their march across this world? Riders, what assistance could we offer? It is not appropriate for us to speak of the wills of the holy the holy escort and the shambling saint. Please, please follow us so that you may be present at the feet of the prime pursuant and at our beautiful saint and learn more of what it is our holy one requires of you. Come! And they just like turn and start writing without even looking back at you. And about how big is the whole group? There are do- there are dozens if not scores okay. of people. Um, so it's not like a huge army or anything like that, but it is quite a few people, uh, and many of them are holding these ropes and okay. chains and kind of leading them your direction. And is the vibe that we have a choice here still? Or is it very much like, we have a giant skeleton, so, like, you you should probably you should pro- <laughs> start coming, you know. Uh, roll me an insight check. And I'll, I'll let you roll with advantage. That feels like something that Kaskarin would be... Uh, a hyper aware of <laughs> nine. I'll put it this way: you, you do know how advantage works, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you take the better you take the better of the oh, two. Oh what? Oh man! Oh uh, uh, seven. Yeah. <laughs> you can say that your interaction went very pleasantly, but there is also a large horrifying skeleton. Yeah, so, we have not offended them yet, but also uh, we probably are not turning around. I mean, you know, let's do whatever you want to do. Player agency is important. So, do you follow? So, so guys, what should we do? Where'd everybody go? (laughs) Val will kind of like huddle up the team and be like, hey, um, I don't want to influence anyone or promote bias. So, please, everyone, keep an open mind and remember, you know, we are, we, we love. Evidence, evidence-based <laughs> knowledge here, and checkers. Looking at you, buddy. I want to go. It's cool. We're gonna go. We're gonna go up and not talk to the group. Climbing. Do not climb. It's very rude. <laughs> if, dear listeners, if you could hear, if you could see Jonathan's face right now, as checkers, we should be very polite and not agree to anything right away. We have to vote as a group. Check. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hearing you. Definitely hearing the words that you're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Val will kind of let them walk ahead and kind of hang back with the fortunate and be like, hey, hey, um, you're very 
fast can you cover Trekker's mouth the like second he starts to speak? Because I don't want to like become pack bound to this thing. I mean, yes and no. Really, I'm mostly just interested to see if they have like a smaller one of those. In the fortunate kind of like gestures at the weird platform, because I mean, that's fun. Not for me. I didn't know that. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, um, yes. We can see what they want to do. I just, again, don't want to join this group. We got our own vibe going. But seriously, no, I don't like this. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's. They seem. They whatever. Seem fine for now. So, as we smash cut to checkers. So, <laughs> when we join this group, <laughs> you uh, think they'll let me climb that thing? <laughs> I would like everyone to make me a constitution saving throw, please. Ooh. Would it be something that I would have advantage? It in? would be. I would say Ooh. it would be something you have nice. something advantage against. Ooh, and my fancy new ring gives me plus one on save. Ooh. Hell yeah. Mm. Oh my god. Eight. <laughs> Cashman with a 13. You know how advantage works, right? <laughs> Cashman with a 12. <laughs> Checkers with a 7. Mango with a 9. <laughs> Yowza, wow. guys. I forgot how bad everyone's constitution was uh, in my, this group. Oh. Uh, with the plus to my saves, I have an unnatural 20. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Uh, More so, than two of us combined. Anyway, <laughs> anyone who rolled an 11 or higher, that was the number you needed to beat. I don't know what that looks like. Didn't mm-hmm. do it. Never done um, it As you guys are walking towards this strange motley gathering, A, the creature starts to truly tower over you. Previously, you didn't have a real good... It was so large, and the adherents were so spread out around it that you didn't really have a... Your brain couldn't put together how large this creature is. And every step you take, it becomes clearer and clearer that, oh God... But the other thing, and the thing that you were rolling for, rolling a constitution saving throw for, was that the incense starts to hit you. And the incense itself is not a good smell. It's very intense. It's not your nice potpourri. It is just, it hits you with this terrible kind of mossy, gross, almost like sharp, spicy feeling. Not only are the, is this just hyper pungent smell starting to hit you, but you also realize why it was so pungent because you start to smell rotting flesh. We smell the hunks. We smell. We, we, we smell. smell the hunks. <laughs> There's a lot of ways that sentence could go. Yes, <laughs> and none in this instance are good. Boo. No matter how deep you go or like how how stalwart you are, everyone's stomach churns just a little bit. And there's no mechanical changes, but Checkers, Mango, <laughs> and Val all feel very ill. <laughs> oh, Val vomits. <laughs> you don't hold that in. Yeah. It's going to make it worse. Sometimes you feel better if you vomit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you vomit and like, one of the cloaked figures, like, looked down, looked at you, gives a disapproving look and shakes their head but keeps walking. Um, that was not a shame <laughs> at all. No, that's fair. And even those of you who succeeded are, uh, I, this, it's bad. It is not 
pleasant to be here. You pass robed mortal after robed mortal. You start to see more and more ropes and chains kind of all over your heads, and this intense smell keeps just punching you in the gut over and over. And then suddenly, you hear a shout, and everything stops. And then you hear another voice yell out from behind this large creature and says, You may approach! And the two horse riders both gesture you forward and kind of bow their heads reverently. And the clear invitation is to not just approach, but walk through the legs of this creature and approach the strange platform ahead of you. Casquin is all is just like trying to hold his lunch down and is just like <laughs> stiffly walking forward. Just like, oh God, oh God, don't throw up. Be cool, be cool. <laughs> I would like to share an interesting fact. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, something every Dungeon Master really loves hearing out of the blue. Mm-hmm. What's up? Did you know that frogs can't vomit? Yeah, I did actually. <laughs> no, instead they uh, dump out their entire stomach through their mouths to get all of the weird stuff out uh-huh. and then just pack it back into themselves with their with their hands. Uh-huh. So as Checkers and, and Mango are walking up, you just see them like stuffing something into their no. mouths. <laughs> just a little off screen, but they're like, I'm, I'm okay now. No. <laughs> no. So that Session is canceled. <laughs> don't regret that this is just like now all of the grossest, weirdest facts we've accumulated. Yeah, fucking, I'm glad, yeah, the, the most horrific, grossest parts of this podcast are shit you have Wikipedia <laughs> of real I would things. like to share an interesting fact. Did you know that dwarves can't actually smell? It's a made-up made up scent. It's true. Scent. It's true. <laughs> you walk under the towering legs of this creature. The creature has, now that it has come to a standstill, is not moving. It is almost statuesque. In a shadow above you, you see a huge, impossibly large, heavy chain that goes from this creature all the way down to this platform. And you, as you approach, you see a human creature sitting at a kind of makeshift throne. It's a little patchy, definitely old and like an antique looking, but one of those antiques where it's like, Someone really should have taken care a little bit better care of this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a, a closer look, I guess, at the at the chain and maybe the collar once we get to the mm-hmm. other side of the creature. Are there any runes on it or anything that looks like or reminiscent of the armband that's mm-hmm. on the, the fortunate? I don't know what the preferable answer is, but the answer is no. It is just a okay. massive, massive chain. And now that we're up close to this creature, can Val try to figure out what this skeleton is is of? Is of, yeah. Certainly. Roll me a history check. With guidance. <laughs> sure. With guidance. I'm gonna have a we need a sound drop. <laughs> With guidance. Nat twenty! Wow. Uh with all the bonuses, twenty-six. You would not have seen one of these creatures up close, probably, just in this part of the world. But there is no question that this is this is the skeleton of a giant. And of a, like, 
of a true giant of Rixia. Uh, not, not ultra giants. Okay. Not an ultra giant. Ultra giants are like a hundred feet tall. Gotcha. Plus, but whatever this was had to have been one of the largest, like a, a notable specimen of giant. And you see this human just kind of just sitting very stately, prim, proper, straight-backed, thick eyebrows, clean-shaven face, also wearing a black robe with a heavy iron chain around their neck and looks down at you, kind of looks down their nose at you. Another follower who is also on this platform steps up and says, Greetings, wanderers. I am the secondary pursuant, and I invite you all the privilege of bowing before the prime and before the holy Promethean to show your fealty and your reverence. <laughs> I love the is, long is it, uh, <laughs> Everyone just looking at each other Val, being like, so, uh, I, I don't want to. No, Val would wanna... know, Val would know, like, a custom that, because there are so many different saints, there are so many different, like, entities to worship, there has to be, like, a common thing where it's like, I respect this person, saint, whatever, totally. but I do not worship them. Definitely. Absolutely. Val does that. B but they're asking you to bow, Val. Val does not bow. Val will do like the, I don't know, single uh, <laughs> arm across the chest. Equivalent. And yeah. like half bow. That's an Rixian salute that says, I respect, I respect you, you, but I'm not your girl. <laughs> <laughs> what does everyone else do? Kashkar does a very similar thing where he does a like a salute that is meant to indicate to like another soldier that like, hey, I see you and that we are we are peers, but also we are of the same rank. I think Checkers just whispers something to Mango and then Mango just like does this deep bow and gets on all fours. <laughs> I think we've already established that Selv will so so he he gives his standard, you know, it's nice to meet you, bow. What does the fortunate do? The fortunate, ooh, good question. The fortunate also does just like a half nod bow kind of thing, where there's just like a slight, almost tip of a hat, except you can't have a hat over a large, <laughs> yeah. like skeletal uh, helmet. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? 
This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hello, this is your pilot speaking. I would like to welcome you to Reckless Airlines. Our total flight time for this episode is approximately one hour, and we will be cruising at an altitude of 2,000 frog stacks. In a little bit, the fight attendants will be by with complimentary clips and excerpts from previous Reckless Attack episodes. We know you have a lot of choices when it comes to 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcasts, and we would like to thank you for choosing ours. If you enjoyed your experience during today's episode, please be sure to fill out the in-flight survey and leave us a rating or review, or tell a friend. Book your next flight with us at www.recklessattack.com, and thank you for listening. There's an awkward pause. And give it. That, that <laughs> I, want, I it. love I love this. <laughs> we'll just sit in that for the next five minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Catherine will also kind of move forward a little bit past that and say, like, we heard from your from your writers that you need assistance of some kind. The secondary pursuant, the person standing and clearly the speaker, you can tell steps forward and holds a finger out as if they're about to chastise you. And imagine this is like a a squat dwarf and looks like he's about to start yelling at you. And as you mentioned, you needed help. The prime pursuant just kind of lazily but firmly just raises two hands to stop his second in command. The secondary pursuant, this dwarf kind of looks down, swallows their tongue a bit, sneers at you all. And says, yes, we are in need of assistance. The holy Promethean, our great guide across the beautiful world of Rixia, bringing in this new age of saints, we go where it commands. And all that it commands is part of its grand plan. And so it has led us here and led us to you in this moment decided by fate we require certain materials as sacrifice to the shambling saint herbs plants in great quantities we have not been able to collect them but the shambling saint demands it And you four will assist us. You will be heralds. You will be errand runners. (laughs) But majestic errand runners. You will go out. Comfortable with errand runners than heralds. She is not about to insert herself into a religion she has not vetted. Fair. We require things, dire (laughs) sacrifices, and we have riders out looking for them. But you. You who wander around, you must certainly know this place. You must must help us. You must ensure the passage 
of the Holy Promethean. And he kind of steps back and crosses his arms and kind of looks down at you all as if he has just essentially done you a favor by asking you to do a job for them. What exactly are you looking for? And also may I request some reading material of your, of the tenants of the Holy Promethean. Or we welcome a lesson as we stand here. As everybody else in the group is just like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, the secondary pursuant like crinkles his nose when you say some literature. (laughs) And he just is like, no, we do not. The shambling saint is is literature. (laughs) Is is our pamphlet. (laughs) We are heralds of a new age. We encourage all to join us, to give yourselves and lives, to ensure the procession continues. But we do not write down our tenants. It is all is in service to the march. Catherine's <laughs> like looking around at this point, like counting the number of people around them and like <laughs> looking for, for exits. And I think Checkers has been looking up a little bit this whole time, just kind of at the Shambling Saint, and just says, yeah, sure, I can help, but I got one condition. What's the fortunate's reaction time, though? Like, <laughs> could Checkers have gotten that sentence out? <laughs> <laughs> um, what would happen is, not wanting to make too sudden of a movement, the fortunate would just, like, anime appear behind Checkers <laughs> as soon as he said it, and you would feel the presence of yeah. the fortunate. Not that that would dissuade I, Checkers, but... I don't think that would dissuade Checkers. No. We require, among other things in our stores, we are running dangerously low of four key herbs, incenses, potpourris to sacrifice. Our march continues across the continent until the saint delivers us to our final destination. Wherever that may be, for whatever purpose it may be. First, dire ink pot. Second, blood weed. Third, skull peppers. Fourth, creeping lilies. We know that these lands hold them in abundance. We simply have not come across enough of them to continue the march. And the saint requires a sacrifice um, of herbs. Well, that that is probably the best possible sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> but Self is going to kind of lean down towards Val. Are those components for anything nefarious? Roll me either Arcana or Religion check. Arcana will be a little lower DC. Guided. Sure. 18. Those are definitely spell ingredients. They are rare and weird enough that almost certainly they're using it for some potion, maybe even for the incense or something. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Does it look like the collar that the Promethean is wearing has a clasp or a lock of some kind? Uh, No. 
it is all actually like one solid thing, which again is notable where it's like they don't let it out ever. Okay. Because Catherine is at this point is very much like this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> like this is a dumb cult like that that is making up that we're saints and whatever and like collecting these herbs is going to take all day. So like could we either say yes and then like as the procession moves just like leave or could checkers potentially climb up the collar and like unlock it? <laughs> just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, well, I mean, can't do it because the collar is solid, but like maybe just like pop out a vertebrae, you know? Just crack it. I have an incredibly dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. What's up, Jonathan? So checkers is really excited at this point to help them. Val cast mine like to cast and then self. While Checkers continues to <laughs> yeah. bargain. Yes. Uh-huh. What's your idea there, Jonathan Checkers? So Checkers is pointing up at the giant skeleton and just going, Yeah, I'll totally help you, but under one condition. Can you let me ride that? The secondary pursuant once again kind of like uncrosses their beefy dwarven arms and goes to shout at you. But then the prime pursuant actually stands up and holds a hand out and says, If you help us. If you provide what we ask for, we would happily allow your communion with the Shambling Saint. And everyone put one finger up to be like, one <laughs> second. Hey guys, really quick. Uh, yeah. I want to try to convince him to let Checkers ride the Shambling Saint. <laughs> First, as, that is not as, what as, I was like, going uh, with this. We do not want checkers to have communion with <laughs> the holy Prometheus. I don't know. It seems great. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining this is all happening in Val's my like. doing the same is just screaming as right now. Just furrowed brow, rubbing, rubbing forehead. So checkers, you've gotten this excellent deal ahead of you. Right. Is that? They seem very like, yes, if you do this, you absolutely can go and climb climb the saint. <laughs> Guys, we have a task. We have to collect all these herbs. So the prime pursuant, again, kind of now that now that he is talking, looks at you all and as you're kind of sussing this out and makes eye contact with each of you in turn. This collection is imperative for our safe passage and for our walk to continue unabated and unhindered and so that we all may walk in the safety of the shambling saint. Can Val vibe check that because in the manner they said it, she is now the possibility of the prime pursuant using a giant skeleton to just be like their version of the fortunate through the wilds of Rixia has come across her brain. Roll a vibe check if you'd like, and anyone can if they'd like to. I got a 17 on mine. 21 for my insight. Ooh. So you said something specific, Sophie. What was I, it? I wanted to know it because based on their phrasing, Val all of a sudden thought that this might just be 
like the saint spiel might be kind of a cover to just have a giant skeleton as safe passage through the wilds of Rixia because it's not safe like what we've been doing it's not you know no. so maybe this is like getting their way of getting more people who want to travel and like it's their shtick <laughs> I, I think I think to an extent everybody's got to have a gimmick <laughs> yeah exactly I think that is not untrue is I think you get the sense of like the vibe you get is that this person is parting the curtain just a bit mm-hmm. where everyone else has been shouting about ah the holy walk the our beautiful saint the new age is being heralded the prime pursuant is like being like all right look <laughs> hey guys <laughs> so i see maybe you're not interested in a conversion today but um i would really appreciate you giving us help and self what you kind of get is that he is taking it a step further and is saying essentially like I don't really care if you follow us around. Please help. But I can't I can't tell I can't out loud tell you, hey, I need you, I fucking need you guys to help me out here. Uh but like it, through his air of superiority and sovereignty, you see just that little crack of like, oh, that's like that is a person who is asking us to do something as opposed to full religious Try, trying to convert. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If you don't help us out with this, this skeleton is going full skeleton and they're trying <laughs> yeah. to take over the right. entire land <laughs> right. and I won't be able to stop it. Right. So I'm on board, but I see my friends here are having a little <laughs> bit of trouble. Can you give us one second and I'll, I'll be sure to convince them to help out. Once again, the secondary pursuant goes to say something dramatic and the prime pursuant waves him off and sits down and kind of nods and is, of course, of course, take your time, but no, the march must continue. Team Huddle. All right, Team Huddle. <laughs> Guys. Like, heads together. Yeah, yes. we're all, we're all here, the fortunate and I was going to say. I was saying the fortunate just, like, because the th- three of us are so short, Selv is, like, on a knee yep. and, like, hunched. And then I just imagine the fortunate is, like, bent at, like, a 45-degree <laughs> angle because they're Rip. so tall, they can just, like, just fall on, like, lean over Yes, yes, 100%. <laughs> Guys. I know it sounds crazy, but I have a plan here, okay? I know what I'm doing. What is your plan, Checkers? And Checkers pulls out a little vial from Etris that he got at the beginning of their journey. And it's a really small vial, surprisingly. And Checkers just looks each of you in the eye and goes, I'm going to steal their skeleton. (laughs) That will not... (laughs) (laughs) Val will will explain that that's a bad idea checkers the fortunate says what is that what did Etris call it again it's like a I don't know it's your magic item you gotta know (laughs) it's not do fire do do small on a potion potion of diminutive escalation I don't know (laughs) Etris said that this would make anything smaller if they drank it checkers yeah what do you need to steal the skeleton? Cass. <laughs> <laughs> and Cassgrin almost has like that, um, like a sadistic glee where it's just like, again, the whole, the whole them being a saint thing is just like BS. So yeah. just like, 
let's mess with them a little. Really, bit. Robin, Robin cast the yeah. wrong way and be yeah. like, "Fuck these guys." Yeah, right. <laughs> and so Castron's like, "We're doing a heist." Castron, bright name. We're doing a heist. <laughs> Val Castrin says, says out loud we're doing ice. <laughs> and then and Selv will, will again bring up Do you remember what happened when the bones became untethered? Yeah, it was awesome. They chased me around the forest and everything. It was great. I mean, like, either the potion works or it doesn't work. Like, you know, what's the worst that can happen? We waste a potion, we anger a horde of religious zealots, and are pursued across the countryside. Um, they won't I, even know. On the other yeah, hand, they won't even know. that could also be exactly what happens if it does work. We anger a bunch of zealots. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of ways this will go badly for us. I vote no. I think we have to do what we can to make sure that thing does not get um, I'm sorry, Self. I am voting no to the heist. <laughs> oh, y- yes. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I do I, think I, we should help. <laughs> I, I think what we still need to do is whatever we can to make sure that that thing stays under control, even if it re- means keeping it under their control. And what about our control? I don't know if we have <laughs> the ability to control that. We got the earth. Jonathan, what creature has checkers tried to adopt previously and it failed because i would val would like to bring that up at this moment <laughs> the time you tried to find a tiger and, yeah. it, and it stayed in your bed the and time you really tried to bring like the lightning up. flesh creature home and yeah. it like, really didn't work the ostrich bears didn't really work out so all that time either so he's not got a great track record <laughs> but this time this time i'm sure it's called we practice. know we know how to do it we have the potion. Come on, we'll have a giant. We'll get to deep wood so much faster. You know That's we're running out of time, true. right? We are wasting time right now. <laughs> discussing you guys are this. once again to reiterate doing just fine on time. <laughs> yeah. Actually, surprisingly, you guys have we're pretty not much made get to all the choices Moon you glove. To. The, the bones is going to be untethered forever. I mean, there's so many problems we can solve right now. Val breaks from the group. <laughs> <laughs> right, goes right up to the prime pursuant. All right, so the two of you. All right, all right, check and it. Says, Go. I'm going to cover. Thank you for uh, giving us this task. We agreed to do it. No conditions necessary. Please forget about the communion. We'll be on our way to get those herbs for you, and you'll be right here, and we'll come back later. And then Val turns away and starts walking out. <laughs> so, these four items. Which, hey, look, there are four party members. Wow. Isn't that Whoa. wild? Incredible. I have them written down on four note cards. I am going, I'm oh. throwing them in the middle. Each of you are responsible for talking about Either, oh, I know about this because of this, and therefore I know, oh, I know I, we have to go to this spot and harvest it in this way and blah, 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 because of backstory reasons. Or you don't have to say why your character would know how to harvest it. You can just simply describe why your character was put in charge of grabbing this thing. Now, there will be dice rolling involved, and it is not to say whether you succeed or fail, it is more about how quickly you accomplish this. This is obviously taking some time out of your forward progress to to Deepwood. It is just kind of, is this going to take a half a day? Is this going to take longer? Val is in charge of finding Dire Inkpot. This is found... Um, the rivers of Rixia have this interesting 
geological feature, just weird parts of it where instead of like offshoot streams that occur, there's offshoot they're still streams, but they go underground. Mm, mm-hmm. And then they come back up and form like aquatic caverns. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's where Dire Ink Pot is found. And it becomes this very specific ecosystem that mimics sea life, kind of. Ooh, cool. But it's like it's like a weird freshwater uh, sea life. And we'd have to swim down. And they're not very, like, long channels to get mm-hmm. to, like, the cavern. And each cavern could be small, like, where checkers would have a hard time fitting in or, like, massive. Right, just depends. Yeah. The ink pots are found in a plant that looks, if you were to cross like geodes, like amethyst and anemones. Ooh, weird. (laughs) Like if you, so like when you first look at it, you think it's a stone. Cool. But as you look and there's like a slow circulation of water, you see it move a little bit. Mm -hmm. And there's like kind of a symbiotic plant Mm -hmm. that looks like, Almost like an underground willow or octopus Ooh, tentacles weird. that like kind of grow <laughs> off of it. Horrible. Um, <laughs> they don't like move uh, or they move with the water. Yeah. And they kind of like reach out a little bit and like grab a fish or bring it in if the amethyst anemone can't reach. Mm-hmm. And to get the ink pot, we'd have to like pull those tentacle plants off cool. and harvest. So, what would you like to roll to successfully harvest these things or find them? Could be, I heard, maybe some dexterity, kind mm-hmm. of sleight of hand kind of situations. Uh, mm-hmm. Could be maybe even something constitution-wise to just power through this thing attacking your hands as you are ripping them off. It could be even a nature check to properly identify them or something along those lines. Let's go with nature because let's say that the caverns do typically have to be of a certain size for these both the anemone and octopus plant to be there and be mature enough to have dire ink pot. Okay, perfect. Eleven. So it takes a little bit of doing. But you successfully harvest some of the dire ink pot. One down. Not a smooth operation, but you get it done. Mal's hands are left tingly. (laughs) So, Checkers has been selected to harvest (laughs) bloodweed, and it is a plant that is known specifically for its difficulty in harvesting and requiring a lot of sleight of hand in order to successfully retrieve some. Yep. And bloodweed is particularly interesting because, unlike most plants, it actually has a circulatory system, much like mortals do. And when you look at bloodweed, it's these kind of reddish brown leaves and if you look closely you can see what looks like actual blood running through through the capillaries in these leaves so bloodweed is this bunch of leaves that grow all along the ground all connected to a single bulbous pulsating (sighs) root underneath (laughs) the ground that is very Uh akin to a, a mortal heart 
So it's very difficult to harvest because if at any point you cut something or something breaks off, the the blood, quote unquote, just kind of starts spurting out, making the bloodweed useless. Yes, absolutely. So Checkers has been put in charge of this just because of the sheer difficulty in making sure that retrieving it doesn't cause any sort of breakages or any any part of the plant to become useless. Yeah, you're doing plant surgery, basically. Right, exactly. I love that. Give me a sleight of hand check, please. 17. Oof, nice. very good. So that one, you go very quickly. Checkers is able to relatively quickly find and dispatch a large amount of bloodweed. So Cashman has been looking around for a while, trying to find some skull peppers in the vicinity. And these are particularly difficult to find because they grow primarily where there are like small groups of animals and like different wildlife nests, particularly where animals have like lived and died. Because skull peppers similar to other plants, need a certain combination of, like, nitrogen, potassium, Mm -hmm. but they also need calcium as part of their, like, nutritional, mineral needs. And so they thrive in places where, like, animals have died and, like, their bones have gone to the earth, and these plants are able to take the calcium from those bones. And so it takes them a while to, like, look for these kind of small nests, but eventually he's able to find, like, these small brownish greenish like almost tubers that are like kind of like poking out of the the ground and he tries to like pull some of them out but they're like you know almost they're basically like rocks because of of what they eat so you try and like yank these out of the ground from the roots Mm -hmm. so what is that what are are we rolling athletics yep absolutely natural one (laughs) not good (laughs) so you find it it is just backbreaking yeah work like oh my god to get to make this trip worthwhile you have to get a lot of these and who boy <laughs> yeah these things just like their root systems are all calcified like it's a huge pain to get them out and so he's just like yanking on these things and like the roots break off so he misses some of them it's a, it's a it takes a long time because they are like so specific do you like does normal harvesting have like a super specific tool Oh, yeah, like, like, otherwise you would have, like, yeah, like a special shovel or hoe, but Casper doesn't have that. Because we're not (laughs) skull pepper farmers, we don't have that. We don't have, like, the hoe that's actually a pick or something. Yeah. I would say usually, like, when they're cultivated for consumption, the bones and everything are placed in such a way that the tubers actually grow closer to the surface. Oh, yeah, that's cool. They're easy just to, like, kind of pick out. But, like, these, you know, they kind of search for wherever they're able to find calcium, and so it could be... Five feet on the ground. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, Selv is looking for the creeping lilies. So, I have two different ways that I was kind of thinking about about doing this. So, um, the first one is that, you know, Selv kind of starts starts moving off to find this stuff and uh, locates a farm that's actually a creeping lily farm huh. and uh, just goes there and uh, for, <laughs> for like for like three copper pieces, they'll give him like eight bushels of creeping lilies and then he just kind of... But You're here I, for the creeping lilies, <laughs> are you? Okay, on second thought, maybe this isn't the place to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ugh, I don't... Somehow worse vibes than the creepy death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but... Uh, They'll be back. <laughs> they always come back. <laughs> So in looking for the creeping lilies, typically what you would kind of expect is that they are slowly growing and expanding outward kind of these plants. And that's kind of where they get their name of of creeping lilies. That's only actually part of it. The other part is that 
typically for components, you actually need the flower portion of the creeping lilies. Mm -hmm. So most of the creeping lilies look like long grass or long leaves that are kind of like stretching out and they just kind of grow. But the creeping lily portion of it is that it kind of responds to stimuli where if something gets too close to it and either knocks into or brushes against the leaves of it, the creeping lily portion can, the, the lily portion can close and will actually bloom then somewhere else. Oh, cool. And so you actually have to be able to get through the lilies with minimum amount of contact so that you can get close enough to the flower to be able to pick that, awesome. that portion of the flower. So that is what Selv is going to try to do. It could be a couple of different roles. I was thinking either acrobatics to maneuver uh, his avoid, way through avoid and, and avoid fines, or um, this might be a stretch, but uh, insight to know if he touches the vines and the plants at this end, that will actually move the lily closer and easier to, to get to at somewhere else. That one's fun. So I'm going to say yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. Selv is just hurting lilies to the other side. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like chucking, chucking rocks on the far side to like get them all that direction. Cool. So uh, I will use insight to try to maneuver the lilies to get to them. 15 on the die Ooh. for a total of 21. Ooh. Nice, nice, nice. Nice. Selv, you were the first one back <laughs> by a lot with just armfuls of these lilies. Shortly thereafter, Val, you return with your geodes, um, only slightly stung by the horrible octopus things. And I'm just wet. And, just, and wet. <laughs> but such is the demands of science. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have... Checkers has these like two pulsating roots in his hands. Only like, lightly are they bloody. Like, <laughs> they're like big like tubers or bulbs right yeah, but then yeah. there's but like hearts. all of these like <laughs> vines or veins yeah, yeah. coming off yeah. of it so they're pulsating in veins checkers did heart surgery yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and they, they, are, they are i just want to emphasize that there's a lot of blood filled strings yes. attached <laughs> yes. is there Correct. checkers is there looks like he just did a murder for sure <laughs> is there sound also like if you if you're holding him it's like <laughs> checkers <laughs> is just <laughs> for sure doing yeah. that yeah, yeah. <laughs> And 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 then finally, several hours after your bag self, David, what state does Cass either return or does the group find him harvesting? He's just like tired and <laughs> dirty. He has like a small, you know, armful of like twelve of these dumb plants, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like covered in dirt. And just like <sighs> freaking skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> so this takes almost like. Eight, nine, ten hours that you guys were out grabbing stuff, whatever. Again, you still have plenty of time, but it ended up being a pretty sizable thing, all told. Night has started to fall. The fortunate is with you guys and, you know, also helping carry some of the heavier things. And the fortunate kind of looks out and nods at you guys and says, I think we found our way back. And you guys look and in the distance above the horizon, it's not full night yet, but you still can't see very well. You see not the outline of the saint, but you see unmistakably what must be 40 plus feet above the ground, where two eyes would be just two strange reflections. Not quite like a cat's eye, because there's no eye there, but still as if there is some sort of light being reflected. 
You approach. Everyone lets you through. Everyone, all of the attendants, all nod appreciatively, uh, knowing that you return with a great sacrifice, the great offering for their great saint. You approach the large stage. Several fires have been built, so it is well lit. And you can see the towering skeleton just kind of lit up up to the shin, and you know that it towers far above you. The prime pursuant looks down at you and says, Thank you. You all have done a great service. Another day, another beautiful day as we step forward to this new age. Now, small one, he says, looking at checkers. Would you still like to commune with the saint? Absolutely. Checkers, before you go, you have to give me that. I'll just hold out her hand. The potion? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's Junior. That's not what I wanted. Val puts Junior gingerly and lovingly on her shoulder. But I want the potion. You uh, cannot steal the skeleton. Fine. Thank you. Is it the same potion? Yeah. <laughs> you can have it back when you come back down. This is stupid. I don't want this anymore. <laughs> do you go climb? Do you climb the large skeleton? Checkers does, but he's just kind of sad about it. He's like, he, he like plods up the skeleton and just like, Ugh. Stomping just, stupid skeleton, stupid, stupid tall skeleton. I'm imagining instead of frog hopping, he's just on his back, on his legs, yeah. like back legs, just walking very yes. nonchalantly, yeah. completely parallel to yeah. the ground. Correct. And he like gets to the top of the skeleton and just like sulks. It's a stupid view. Is Mango up there with you? Mango is up there having the time of his life. <laughs> The Prime Pursuant looks down at you all and says again, thank you all for this great offering and for your great sacrifices. And Checkers, you see a large skeletal hand reach for you and try to grab you. And that is where we'll end this week's session. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Should have let me steal their skeleton. I have something very fast to share, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I ate that pomelo, and I got pomelo all over my hands. Arthur has spent the last like half hour just licking every corner <laughs> of my hands, and he has not stopped. <laughs> pomelo. Hands are covered in Arthur's. <laughs> <laughs>